Hey guys, with Brad and I both being fathers, we want the best for our families. That is why recently we both signed up for term life insurance policies with Ladder Insurance. If there is one thing Brad and I don't want for our families when we leave this earth is a financial burden. We want to know that our spouse and children will be taken care of when we are gone. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. There are no hidden fees, you can cancel at any time, and you even get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So click the link in the show notes to get a quote in seconds. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast on today's episode. JJ and I, we, we took a week off, kind of. We didn't really record last week, so we're, we're back in the dungeon today, or my, my dungeon where I record, but... Here we are. We are uh, catching up. JJ's been traveling. We talked day trading, and then we talked this, we talked that, and all roads always lead back to real estate. We started talking about real estate. Now JJ's really, really depressed because we can't buy real estate because it's tax season, and they're <laughs> about to raise rates, so it's going to be harder to borrow money. It's just, it's a debacle. You have to enjoy this episode and hear top to bottom what the heck is going on over in the Average Money crew. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. We've been here now for a year and a half, episode 102. My name is Brad Finn. I am joined every single week with J.J. Buckner, fresh off his trip to Idaho Falls, Idaho, to do some sledding, sledding with his business partner. J.J., how we doing, bud? I'm a. Uh, I'm going to be showing up in the Olympics next year, or four years from now, that next professional snow, snowmobiler, sledder, Dude. sledder, whatever you want to call it. I saw, that, I saw that video of you, like, going over the hill, like... It was like me when I was like 10 years old and like I went over like this little two foot ramp and I was like, dad, did I catch any air? Did I get it? Did it was like, and he was like, oh yeah, son, you were, you were off the ground for sure. You were flying. Like your little thing was like, wee, wee, like the front came off. And then I think somebody trolled you and like posted like a real X gamer like flying through the air in the sled. But you felt like you were 80 feet off the ground, didn't you? Yeah. So literally all my buddies from back home kept sending me like, 10 to 20 uh, TikToks and, and, and reels of these like professional snowmobilers. And they're like, oh, hey, bud, is this you? Oh, hey, man. Hey, man, is this you? Hey, oh, dude, is this you? Is you? So I'm like, I'll get the f- out of here. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. For any of you snowmobilers out there, that was my first time ever on a sled. And I felt pretty proud of myself for how I was able to get on there and, and catch on pretty quick. Cause that was literally three hours of riding. So does it have a clutch? I'll leave, I'll leave. No, it's, I mean, yeah, it has, it has a clutch, but it's all, it's automatic. Like it's, they got the primary and secondary clutches, like a side by side or something like that. Would, so it's, it's not it's like, all, a, it's not like a moto. You don't have to shift. No, you're not shifting. Nope. So, so what the fuck is the learning curve? It's the learning curve is how to, how to handle the, the uh the actual sled itself because dude it's it's so different because like you're talking to somebody who who grew up riding dirt bikes right so i have that mindset of like at least riding you know of like how to manage that stuff so that was maybe a a a benefit to me like a plus jumping on this thing but the big learning curve was trying to understand how this thing maneuvered in the snow because there was a couple of times where like I was going down a hill or I was going up a hill and I felt like if I leaned one way or the other, it was going to tip over on me. And the first 20 minutes was the toughest, but after I kind of got that underway, 
I was pretty golden. Have you ever been on a wave runner before? Oh yeah. Two dudes, your arms around his. Uh, yes, I have been yeah, there before. No, that's, I mean, that's, not to butt. That, that's the yeah. That's the only. That's the only way to ride one. I was not just curious. Butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Butts to nuts. I was just curious if that's like if it's similar. I've never been on a, a snowmobile. So I've been. I've ridden a lot of wave runners, jet skis, whatever you want to call them. I would say it's it's different. It's it's a little similar, but when you're going through trees and stuff like that, a snowmobile is a lot more finicky than a wave runner. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can I can because here's the other thing, like when you're trying to turn a a sled or a snowmobile, it's a lot tougher to turn if you don't know how to properly turn a snowmobile. So, towards the end of the day, I was figuring out how to like do like a quick turn, like I would be able to tip the snowmobile almost over on its side and then you gun it and it kind of flips it up out of the snow to where a wave runner all i got is you would do is just turn the handlebars give it some gas and it's gonna you know turn real quick on me that's not how a snowmobile works that's kind of like how a moto is though too when you catch a berm and you're like Vroom, and you oh yeah you just gotta lean into that thing yeah 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 all right well we're gonna talk about i know <laughs> yeah. we start i know we started the episode off talking about your trip so we won't yeah. bore anybody with the for the intro. Give people twenty minutes of JJ's. You know they saw the stories. They saw yeah. it like I remember what my business trips used to be like. This is so much better. This you, bro? Is this you, bro? <laughs> is this you, bro? All right, guys. I'm gonna find a nice natural spot as I always do. And uh, please, guys, share this episode with somebody. We our numbers are great, but they're not growing. I challenge you if you get to this point. Just tell somebody else about the Average Money Podcast. That'd be dope. All right, guys? This week's episode begins now. But we're ready. We're ready to rock. We, uh, I feel like it's been forever. It's been a bit. You know, you take one week off, and then you're here. Damn it. Yeah. And you went away, so we haven't even really spoken in a couple of days. We haven't talked in a while. Is this one going to go on for like eight hours? I thought you were mad at me, and then I realized you were on vacation. Slash business, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, business. I saw, I saw all the business getting done on your Instagram stories. Business <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> well, do you want to tell everyone where you went? Uh, yeah, I went to uh, uh, Idaho Falls, Idaho. How's that flight in? I mean, wait, uh, let me rephrase that. Well, how's that eight layovers into Idaho? <laughs> oh, it was brutal. <laughs> um, so I had a going into Idaho and leaving. I had a three-hour layover in Dallas. So did some drinking. That's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of cocktails. That's a, it was a lot of cocktails. Airport um, cocktails on the business card. Let's go. That's pretty much how it went. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, it was rough though. I mean, on the way up wasn't so bad because I did have a lot of work to do. So I was like on the laptop at the bar while sipping on a drink. But then walked in good old Al. Al was a six. Mid mid to high sixties probably. Sixty nine. Uh, we'll say sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yeah, sixty nine years old. Good old boy from Mississippi, and him and I started talking, and it was one of those conversations where you're like, "I'm I'm feeling this right now." You know, I'm 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 making a connection. We were talking about life, and you know, I was asking him questions about things he's been through, you know, advice and stuff like that. Right. And he kept buying me a beer. Yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, Al, I got to go, man. And I've already been like, you know, I've already drank about three of the taller ones. 
And I'm like, nah, I appreciate it. Oh, I said, I got to go catch my flight. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, 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 no. Come on, let's have one more. I was like, okay, all right, one more. Finished that one. We kept talking. He's like, oh, come on. What time does your flight leave? And I was like, oh, I got to be at the gate at 8.30. It's like 8.15. He's like, oh, you got time. You let's got grab one two, more. two let's, more beers. Yeah, let's grab one more. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, me, me and I, uh, we, he's a, a great dude, great dude. But the problem was, is when I got to the gate, basically the flight attendants or whatever you call the guys at the gate that like check everyone in or whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, sorry, you can't get on your flight. I'm in Dallas, been in Dallas for three hours. I was like, uh, excuse me, I have a ticket. I've had a ticket bought for about four months now. Yeah, sorry, pilot says you can't get on. And there's like three other guys, me being one of the three out at the gate. We're literally like looking at the plane from the window. It's like a movie. And like, yeah, Pyatt says of bad weather in Idaho right now that they're too overweight and you're just kind of shit out of luck. No like, way. Oh, yeah. So I was like, uh, sorry, bud, but I'm about six beers deep. So good old uh, Missouri boy JJ is about to come out. So you better let me on this plane or we're going to have a little <laughs> hey day. He goes, no, man, sorry, the the weight difference and everything is just you can't come in. And I was like, you're telling me that I've had my ticket purchased for probably four months in advance. And now that I was one of the last ones to show up to the gate that I just automatically can't get on because I was the last one to show up to the gate. And he's like, yeah, pretty much. I said, I'm sorry, dude, that's not going to work for me. I'm like, that's, that's I, I got to get on this flight. I have to. It's a It's a business flight. So I'm calling Bryce while I'm while I'm on the sitting at the gate waiting to get on see if, what's going to happen. And oh man, it was gosh dang it. So Bryce told me he's like, "Dude, weather's clear skies for the next 7 hours." He goes, "I don't know what the pilot is freaking out about, but Idaho Falls has clear skies for literally the next 7 hours." And our flight was like two and a half hours to get to Idaho Falls from Dallas or 3 hours or something like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone and I'm telling this guy going back and forth. Well, finally he walks onto the plane and asks for volunteers to come off and like five guys come off the plane. And then now I'm like, oh my God, now I got five guys come off the plane for me and these two other guys to get on. And it was a complete shit show. But I told the guys, so it's like two or three of them that came off were Marines and they were just like going to their base or whatever. They're like, I can wait, whatever. I don't give a shit. Well, my brother was a Marine, so I was talking to those guys as they were still trying to figure out what the hell was going on. It kind of had like a you know a little spot in my heart for them because I appreciated them getting off for me. And I told them, I was like, boys, listen to this. I said, what happened tonight is a complete F up on American Airlines part. I said, do not accept anything less than $1,000 in cash, a rental car to go to and from a hotel, and have them give you a reimbursement for your hotel room and food. And I guarantee you they will do this because this is a big F up on American Airlines part. <laughs> and one of the Marines guys was like walked up to the gate and he asked the, the flight attendant. He goes, so uh, how can I get my $1,000? <laughs> I was like, seriously, do not back down. I said, do not back down. Do not accept anything less than that because I trust me, they will give it to you. 
And there's an old man at the bar buying beers. To <laughs> yes, get down yes. there. <laughs> and go chill out with Al because he'd be more than happy to buy you a couple beers. That's funny. So yeah, so the one guy walks me and the other guy down to the to the plane, and then I'm like standing at the bridge waiting to get on. And I told the guy, I turned around, I was like, I said, man, I said, please take care of those boys that got off the plane for us, because the other guy was like a dad wanting to get home to his family. He's been gone from his family for like a week or something like that. I was like, please take care of them boys. Give them a good reimbursement. I know you guys can do it. American Airlines does it all the time. Don't try to cheap them out. And he's like, I'll try and take care of them. So I don't know what happened after that, but I hope I hope they got a good deal. So that was my long, long-winded story, but oh my goodness. And then, and then on the way home from Idaho to, or I'm sorry, from Dallas to St. Louis, Dallas flight got delayed like an hour or something like that. I'm like, my goodness, this is just a nightmare. And this business trip, you were going to see Bryce. Bryce mm-hmm. is your partner in the dividend tracker. Right. Yeah, we had some stuff to. Does a business to like out. that? Because we know how like businesses go. Does a business like that profitable in the first year? Is it going to take a couple years? How does a business like that work with like? Are you an? Are, I mean, you don't have an app, but like, what what is that business considered? Like software? No, you're hardware. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know what you guys are. Software. I mean, it's yeah. something Bryce developed. All right. So, and the app's coming soon. Um, we've had a lot of people ask for that, but there's just so much to do. And Bryce is only one man. I don't know how to develop. You know, I'm worth a damn when it comes to that. You're just a smile in this company? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the face of the company, as we like to say. Um, Bryce does all the technical stuff. But um, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of up to you to, just to determine how you want to run your business. You know, I mean... We could easily take all of the profit that we earned from the company and turn around and, you know, return it back into the business for marketing, for growth, for, you know, better data. There's a lot of things you can spend money on when it comes to data. So there's there's ways that you can kind of, you know, make it harder on yourselves. But with you making it harder on yourselves, you're also saving more money in the long run. So there's things like that we have to look into, but uh, I mean, no, right now, luckily we can say that we're, we're profitable, um, but we still, you know, we're still trying to, we're not anywhere near we were, where we would like to be Okay. Um, because we have had a lot of hiccups along the way. Um, I'll tell you what, like, I think Bryce and I both were not, had anywhere near an understanding of what was ahead of us when we decided that we were going to do this thing together. And back in June of 2021 is when we officially like decided we were going to start doing it, making the dividend tracker. And from June till, you know, February of 2022, it's been one hell of a ride. I'll tell you that much, but how many users you got now? Cause I know you put, you posted the other day that you have like $169 million that people are tracking through the app. How many users do you have? So we're already at 185 million. We're coming up on 200 very fast. Okay. Um, right now we are coming. I'm up trying to help on, you. I'm trying to help you on that. Yes. I I just dropped 10 grand into my dividend portfolio. There we so. go. There we go. Uh, we're coming up on 4,000 total users. Wow. So yeah, that's good, man. Yep. And then we, if you type in dividend tracker in Google, we're either the first or second ranked. Good. Yeah. If anybody needs a link to that, just DM me. I'll uh, shoot you a link over there, and we'll get you signed up for the Dividend Tracker. Or just go to the dividendtracker.com. 
<laughs> if you need no, the link, you, use Brad's link. Go ahead, if you I don't need care. the link to the dividend tracker, I'll just throw that up for you. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm glad that's working out. And I, I've been, you know, I've been dabbling in the day trading space, and uh, I realize there's a whole market for that too. There's a bunch of apps that track literally all of your day trades, and they mm. track how long they give you statistics on everything from. You know your best trade, your worst trade. Uh, what time of day you're most profitable? How many trades in a day? It's crazy the amount of tweaking you can do. So I'm kind of excited to uh, see where you guys take this dividend tracker thing. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had people reach out and say like, do we plan on getting into crypto and stuff like that? But right now we're already busy enough as it is, just with right. dividend tracker, like. I mean, we have plans in the future, but like the dividend tracker alone, that's going to be solely for dividends. Now, whenever you say the day trading thing, like, do you link accounts for that? So they literally can see every move you're making or no. Well, the one that I've been using, you upload. So like we will allow you just to download in a, like a Google, uh, like a spreadsheet. CSV file. Yeah. CSV file every day. And you just upload that every day, and, it, and that's mm. how it, it reads it. It doesn't link to an, a certain account. I'm sure there's some that do, but like, I just use like a little free one. Yeah. How the market's been to you. I, I think this year, day trading off $83 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing the day trading stuff, but... Um, Wish had a good week? Oh, Wh- God. Wish, man. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about stock sucks. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bag hold for my gamble play that... Well, never we, went. We own a hundred shares of it. So. Yeah, never, never went the route I wanted to go. But um, no, man. I mean, like to be honest, dude. Like, I don't really, I don't really pay attention to the markets anymore lately. Really? I mean, I don't, dude. Like, I'm so jealous of you because I have a stress headache for the last ten days. Just so constantly looking. Remember when we sit around and be like, I can yeah. never do the day trading thing because you are trapped to your computer, and then yeah. You watch videos and you see people are like, I worked for 20 minutes today. I worked for two two minutes today. Tw- 30 minutes, I'm out of here. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's not at your computer all day. Not tr- false. Yeah, yeah. False, no. false, and false. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the computer. I, I stared at it all day. And the I hate it, but I do, like I said, I always wanted to be the guy that if I'm going to knock day trading and things like that, I don't want to knock it because of stuff that I've heard. Like, I want to give it an honest go for at least six months, but hopefully a year because I feel like after a year being as someone that's as educated and as disciplined as I am to learn, I'll at least have feedback on like, if it's, if it's pro or the, like if you could do it, because I'm not going to say just cause I can't do it, it can't be done, but I'll definitely know like it can't be, it can't be done if you live this lifestyle or it can be done if you want to live this lifestyle but I mean, you you must be enjoying it though if you're still doing it. So like, obviously you're having fun with it. I would guess, right? Yeah, I mean, I more than the money. I love I love learning, right? And I love, I mean, that's it goes back to even like my first share. Like my interest in the stock market came from like this this weird unknown that I saw people on the train in fancy suits going to talk about in the big city. But why you know? learn about it? So what? hang on, legit question. Like why why learn about it if you like I have, I, I guess for me, I have no desire to learn about day slash swing trading because I know already most people aren't successful with it. What the hell? Like, how am I going to be any different? 
That sounds like somebody that's trying to start a YouTube channel right now, Jay. Absolutely not. Why? Absolutely not. You just said that, you know, you know so many people that, how many people fail at YouTube? How many people fail podcasts? It's totally different. That's totally different. average podcast has seven episodes. We have 102. Like that didn't keep us from trying a podcast. Correct. Every time we make a podcast, I'm not putting money on the line. You're putting your time on the line, which is more valuable than money. You know that. The time that could potentially turn into value. But I feel like with day trading, that's like, what education is. When you when I'm learning about this, but so oh, hang on, so hang on. Let me. Let I'm me paying market tuition. Yeah. So why wouldn't you, as an experienced investor as you are, and as I know as much as you studied as you have, why wouldn't you just put the money that you're going to test with day trading into an index fund and just leave it alone and not stress about the markets every single day? Like I'm telling you, what, dude? I'll tell no, you no, what. No, because like, me having the days of not having to look at the market. And I don't even day trade. And it's pretty nice, dude. Like, I wake up. Like, I'll turn on CNBC just to see, like, what's going on with the news of, like, Putin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, oh, dude, man, it's... Like, I don't make stock videos on the main channel anymore. And, I mean, I'm, I so I say this. I do watch my dividend stocks more for, like, news. Right. But it's not like... Like, dividend stocks just are different, man. Like, that's something I'm not worried about the, the price fluctuating up and down every single day. Like, I know I'm going to be holding these stocks for the long term. So I don't really care what happens right now. It's just like, for example, like when ATVI came out and said, you know, Microsoft's buying them. Like that was pretty exciting. So I made a video on it. I was doing some research on it. Um, what else? Something just, oh, LMT. Lockheed Martin just had a, a big news piece come out about uh, they got a government contract for like uh, going to Mars back and forth in 2036 or something like that. And so like things like that, it's nice, but it's also relieves me from the stress of looking at the market day to day. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still looking at the market every single day because I still do my my wheel trades from you know co covered calls and cash cured puts, which I'm not doing any cash cured puts right now because I'm still saving up money. But um, I still ride a lot of covered calls lately. So that's probably when I'm looking at the market most. It's just like, is today a good day to ride a covered call? And maybe I will because I have a couple of positions I wouldn't mind getting assigned on. Um, but other than that, dude, like, I mean, hey, I get where you're wanting to learn it, but like, do you think you're going to do this long term? Like, real honestly? No, but I wanted to know from statistical data. Like, for the same reason, I used to think girls had cooties, and I used to think that even trading the wheel was yoloing and dangerous. You know, the old, it wasn't until I tried it, you know, and I took my lumps and I learned the pros and the cons, and then I was able to evaluate. I just don't want to be somebody that avoids it just because I don't know something like I'm willing to learn and fail. And even if that failure is a couple of dollars, I'm willing to pay that market tuition because like hell, if I never would have tried selling covered calls, I just got my statement um, from Robinhood last year. I made $10,000 pretty much doing the wheel. There was some poor man's covered calls in there, but pretty much small account that never went above really $25,000 last year and I made $10,000 in poor man's covered calls and and just writing the wheel strategy. That was something I remember making early videos and talking and hearing about and having people be like, you know, like, that's, that's YOLOing. Like, that's so dangerous. And I realized that after through education and learning, so, the, and I'll tell you, that's the main reason I'm trying this because let's just say hypothetically, over the next year, I lose 10 grand. 
which is an amount of money that I've put aside that I'm willing to lose to this market tuition. I'm thinking of it as like a graduate degree. But what happens if I don't? I know that I'm not going to lose any more than that because I set a defined amount of money and a defined risk. And if I blow it next week, that's the end of the show. But I'm trying to survive every day. What happens if I don't lose 10 grand? What happens? And this is like, this is the thing that excites me about education. What happens if like I figure something out and I can make another five grand a year? Then to me, the time right now, because I know a lot of the time right now that I'm spending, and this is a good point that maybe I have to make clear. A lot of the time I'm spending right now is the education part. Like I'm sure what takes me three hours at night to do and an hour in the morning, I'm sure guys that have been doing this a while, they just sit down at their computer an hour before the market opens and they just get it done. They do all their research. So there's like that piece of me too that knows that this grind isn't going to be forever. That's kind of, I just want to know it. I want somebody to be like, easy for this guy to hate on day trading, the this VTI index fund investor guy hating on day trading when he never tried it. And I could be like, whoa, 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 whoa Miss Lippy. <laughs> I did this shit for a year, baby girl, you know? I did this shit for a year and I lost 10 grand. I learned it, that you probably can do it full time, but it's not for me. I'd rather be able to make that yeah, statement. putting glue on his face. Like. <laughs> you know, I think it was putting the lipstick on. Like, <laughs> oh no, that was the people to kill list, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, the, and the I think in, was the glue. A, in a different movie too. I think that was a different movie too. Billy Madison? Yeah. The other one. Oh, they were both in Billy Madison. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he comes in and shoots a guy at the end from the yeah, back. Yeah. He's like, okay. he puts the, the list and he's got, he crosses out the list <laughs> and he puts the lipstick on. Oh, great movie. But yeah, no, I get it, dude. Like, and I'm also very, I get bored easily. Yeah, and also, I'm sitting at work and I have some time on my hands. It's true. Like, I have vacation next week from school and I'm doing a little bit of traveling. I, I don't think, I'm going to look at the markets next week and I don't feel the need to like, like I don't wake up in the morning. Like, Oh, I can't, I'm not losing sleep over it, but it's, it's a, I don't know. And then maybe there is a little bit of a rush to it, but I'll tell you the rush. Isn't the money. The rush is now I'm about like seven weeks in. So the rush is like formulating a plan and saying, if this happens, I'm going to go for it. Bullshit. And then it works. Bullshit. Bullshit. What? I'm going bullshit on that. That it works? No, that, that's not the money. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I mean, well, because I'm losing. I'm, Dude, when you, I'm no, losing when you text, money. you're like, hey, I'm up 80 bucks today. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, come on, I'm, dude. But I'm losing money. Like, the money makes it cool. Like, all right. Yeah. I couldn't do it with, I couldn't do it with paper trading. I couldn't do, like, I need a little bit of emotional attachment to it. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, it, it's, you, you know, the cliche phrase, you gotta love when a plan comes together. That's what's been the most fun. And, it's fun to see that it isn't as YOLO crazy. Like there's definitely things need to go your way. They, yeah. they definitely do. But I think I heard somebody say like to, to under, to not think you're ever going to lose or you're never going to lose a lot or a lot at one time is like casino owners opening and thinking they're never going to lose a big hand of blackjack. Right. But the yeah. casino's job, which is gambling. Yes. Fully admit it. The casino's job is to bring as much of the odds into their favor as possible. So over the long run, they'll win. That's kind of why I want to go a year, but I think it's six months. Like we'll see if I get the summer break when I'm like a lot of the people, they might not have been around a year ago, but when we get the summer break, I'm having margaritas early in the morning, bloody Mary's all day. 
Oh, you know, yeah. so if I'm not working, I'm on the beach drinking margaritas. I got the little thing. I got the, that's part of the reason why I brought the, bought the Tacoma because I got that outlet right in the back of my pickup truck. I bring the blender right to the beach. Don't mess around with me. But I don't think I'm going to be like, hmm, Bloody Marys and margaritas on the beach or should we sit down and watch Spy for the whole day? I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. And I was more pumped today. I posted in the Discord. Um... I got like five dividends today. Oh, I got like, oh man, I have a picture of it. Like, but that's just as exciting as the day trading to me. And even more exciting because I didn't do shit. I got, that's, oh, that's why I love dividends. I got $22 from AbbVie. I got $3 from Stag, $6 from Realty Income. Those are both monthly payers. Stag's down quite a bit lately too, though. Yep. And $11 from Procter & Gamble. So, 22 and 11 makes 33, 39, like 40 bucks today. And as we all know, well, some of us may not know, but fun fact here for dividend stocks is the dividend yield is correlated with the stock price. So when the yes. stock price goes down in value, for an example, like I mentioned with Stag, you know, Stag's gone down quite a bit lately. So when a stock that you own or that you 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 would like to own goes down in value, that dividend yield is going to increase. So if two weeks or you know if two months ago a stock was trading at a certain level and the dividend yield was at one point five percent, and then it's had a massive dip over the past month and a half or whatever it may be, well then that dividend yield may be up to two percent. And now, again, there's so many things you want to look into, you know, whenever you're deciding if a stock's good to buy or whatnot. But usually, if it's a dividend stock that I've looked into and I understand the fundamentals of that company, I get super excited. And I, I mention this all the time on Dividend Freedom, saying, like, I love when my dividend stocks go down under my average price. Right. Because, one, not only am I getting to lower my average cost of that stock, I'm also getting to take advantage of buying in when that dividend yield is at a higher percentage. Okay. It's just so it's a win-win when your dividend stocks go down in value, man. As long as it's a good quality company, it's going to go up over time. You know, you don't want to be you don't want to be buying something that's a falling knife slash dividend trap, then you're going to get screwed. But yeah, as long as you do your due diligence, I um, I don't think we've mentioned this, but I do want to say, while we've been away and while we've been gone, I hit a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes. Because the, I only, when I was editing, okay, when I was editing, I realized that you jumped in on my live stream and I had 99.8 and then we didn't go live this week. So I, I hit it actually a week ago today. Boom, I've been, baby. I've been, a, I've, been a, I've been a, I've been a, I've been a hundred, hundred thousand sub guy for, uh, for a long time. One so week. let me ask you, let me ask you this. Does it feel any different? Yeah. Be honest. There is a huge, huge, huge weight lifted off my shoulders for one. Huge. Like, I would say, I would say that for the last, since I hit 98,000, the first thing I did every single morning was wake up and check my sub count. And I don't know if I was waiting for that like one day where I'd get like a little spike and it'd be over, <laughs> but or like subliminally, I just needed to know, but it, it consumed me a little bit at the end there. It was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, no, but 
I will say that it, it feels really good. And I have, I have a lot of subscribers that have been around for a long time. So like this one's for us, you know, and I don't know. I, and it doesn't feel any different, but I definitely feel like I'm on a different level of um, like YouTube work, not YouTuber, but YouTube work. I think if you looked at like, if you You're were going to build a K club, dude, if you're going to build a YouTube resume, I think there's as stupid as it sounds. I think, you know, to put on the resume of 90,000 subs versus a hundred thousand is a big deal. I mean, if it wasn't a big deal, YouTube wouldn't give you a plaque for it. Agreed. So, but so, oh, I, it's definitely a big deal. They don't I'm glad, downplay I, it. I'm glad that like I I really don't have to think about it anymore. I haven't looked yeah. at my sub count since. I have no idea how much I have. That's and the much fact what that happens. and the fact that it like doesn't update now for a while. Um, that's kind of cool too, <laughs> you know, because like all I see is a hundred k. So I won't know until I have a hundred and one, which is oh, like yeah. at this rate every month. But yeah, I mean, unless you're looking at the app. Did you? So we're, uh, we're the only ones to see that this actual digits of amount of subscribers right. to the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you see my most recent video on Google? Did you watch it? I, I did. Yep. What do you? What's your thoughts? How'd I do? Um, do you, do you agree with, with me? Do you do agree um, with me? So, y- yes and no. Um, I, I'm totally down. Like I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but for me. Google is a stock that I don't want to mess with. Okay. I think also I think also though I'm coming from a different place than you are. What are so, you? So so I have a much lower average cost on Google than you do. I'm like I'm like sub 1500 on Google. So for me it would be a little worrisome to be writing covered calls on Google because I don't really want to sell my shares. Okay. I don't want to lose out on more potential growth. Okay. Now, if, if I did set aside, um, what, what was it, ten grand? Yeah. A little over ten grand for uh, Google. I think it was like thirteen thousand. Thirteen thousand yeah. for the five shares. Yeah. So I mean, if I had a separate thirteen thousand dollars that I set into Robinhood and I bought my five shares of Google with, then yeah, I'd be totally set, a hundred percent on board with writing covered calls and, and wheeling Google. I think that'd be an, an awesome play. Mm-hmm. And you even said in the video you're going to be pretty conservative with it. So, I mean, I don't right. think you're going to go wrong there. Yeah. Um, even if you do get assigned, you're going to at least earn some capital gains, turn it right back around and write a cash could put on it. But for me, personally, I just – if I had the $13,000, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably join in on, on, the, on the game. But um, where I'll I'm – Go ahead. Where I was just going to finish up where I'm, where I'm at on Google – I don't really want to mess with it, but I would be totally on board to take ten, thirteen thousand dollars and start wheeling Google whenever they had that split in July. <laughs> I'll tell you this: I didn't really say it in the video that much. I did mention how the other tech stocks before this had kind of uh, gone up like twenty percent or so. If Google does the, anything similar to what Nvidia did, if they go up twenty percent, mm-hmm. I'm going to write an active money call and. If I return twenty percent in four months, I'm probably just gonna. I'm. I'm not even gonna mess with that. You know, it goes up twenty percent. Yeah. So like. Yeah. I mean, Tesla went up eighty-two percent. That's ridiculous. But Apple went up twenty. Nvidia went up twenty. So those are like the more recent ones. So if well, they're still down big time though from their all-time highs back in twenty twenty-one. Right, but I'm in now, so my basis is now. So if they they bounce twenty percent, 
you know, I could still be good. Ryan in the chat, he said, I own a large chunk of Apple. Uh, I own a large chunk of Apple and Microsoft. We're selling my position dollar cost average to pay uh, high dividend stocks. We've talked about gross stocks versus dividend. That's It's completely up to you. It's depends on where you're at. There's too many factors mm-hmm. to answer that question. Yeah. Uh, the tax documents coming. Jacob uh, wants to know our take. Are we doing anything with all these tax documents? I mean, at this, t- there's I not too many. I literally print them off <laughs> and make a pile of them, and I give them my CPA. <laughs> That's all yeah, I do. My CPA is all digital, so I mean, there's nothing you can do. Those documents are from two months ago, and they yeah, I mean that cover the year. And I I know we talked because I was talking with you, JJ, about like how I'm ready to file my personal, and you're like, how you don't have all of your you don't have all of your documents from your brokers yet. And I'm like. I'm a spreadsheet animal. I know everything to the cent, and I was pretty much right on the money. So when I got my documents, but yeah, I mean, I pay my See, stuff. I couldn't imagine so. doing that, dude. Like, what do you mean? I so well, I guess because I do bookkeeping for my business, average money, dividend freedom, and then rental properties. I couldn't imagine taking on another bookkeeping of Robinhood, Webull, M1 Finance, which M1 Finance don't really have much going on besides buying so that wouldn't be too bad but just i can't like i can't imagine all of the moves you've made over the past year so i mean like i mean <laughs> i probably should to be honest i really probably should keep better track of it but just like it's one of those things where i'm just like i don't know if i i don't know i don't really know why i'm going with it but you saying i get that i put in all that work yeah, I mean, no, it's no, not that because I think it's probably good because you I mean, see where a, you're at. I have a ton of transactions. You're right. Well, but yeah, I mean, it's like any business though. You want to see where you're at throughout the year, so you need to kind of take in like to consideration of like either oh shit, I'm down three thousand dollars. Maybe I need to hold off a little bit on doing this riskier trade, or hey, I'm up ten grand. Let's YOLO on a couple thousand dollar positions. Sometimes it's good to nitpick it. I find, and sometimes it's not. Like sometimes I'm wish like. I didn't need to see like these little tiny gains and losses, but also too, I'm not like doing it once a month. Like I've, I got a routine just like I was saying with anything else. Like it's part of my daily routine at at four o'clock. I'm usually sitting by my computer, the bell, the bell rings and I just go back. The the most transactions I'm going to make in a day is 10 and I just update my spreadsheet. Yeah. You know, there's, The stuff that I do miss, though, sometimes is dividends and things like that. But it was a lot harder when I had multiple brokers, and now that I don't have, um, you know, any of those. So I know I literally had like, I think I had like seven to ten different brokerage accounts. I printed off ten ninety nine for. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was like. You t- like seven to 10, like 2021, I felt like there all these brokerage accounts kept popping up and I was like testing everything out like SoFi and M1, Webull, Moomoo, Robinhood, uh, Fidelity, you know, my Vanguard, um, Cash App. Uh, gosh, I mean, the list literally goes on and on. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but those are, I mean, those are six or seven. I just list, I just listed. Yeah. And the emails just kept rolling in and kept rolling in. And then Lindsay had like two or three different brokerage accounts opened up that she kind of threw some money into and i'm just like holy crap man this is ridiculous this is that's the power of like you know when that time happens i'm like i need to settle this down and get to one or two brokerage accounts and leave it at that some people have been asking in the chat like long-term investments i know we're kind of like 
into 2022 now. I think we had a little bit of balance in the market, maybe a little bit of pullback. It's definitely been balanced over the last couple of days, especially because I've been staring at the charts. But uh, what what are you putting money into? I know you were, you were kind of like pulling back a little bit because you had your tax bill. Yeah. I don't know if you've paid that off yet, but even if you do, like, are you what's what's the investments look like that what's your year or more holds that you're looking at we we both trade sometimes we have some short-term moves and some leaps and things like that but are you what's the what's the long-term play getting into your Roth IRA I assume so Roth IRA is fully VTI or VTSAX and that's my first go-to to max out um and then it's my SEP my SEP IRA is Mostly VTI, but I have Stag, Google, SoFi, and I think that's it in there. But majority of that's VTI. Most of that money in there is VTI. So those are my two main retirement accounts. Lindsay has her accounts, and you know hers are all damn near same thing, VTSAX and VTI. She does own quite a bit of Starbucks in her Roth mm-hmm. um, because I swear that woman keeps that business in or keeps that company in business. She's not um, doing a good job recently, but <laughs> Yikes. so uh um her cost basis is pretty nice and I don't know what it's at, but it's pretty solid. She can be dollar cost averaging down right now. Yeah, I mean I think it could go down a lot and she'd still be fine. Yeah. Um but uh so that, that I mean really in my retirement accounts, Google, Stag, and SoFi are about the only single stocks I own. Everything else is VTI. And then in my taxable brokerage accounts, you guys can check out M1 Finance on the Dividend Freedom channel. I have a a list of dividend stocks in there that I'm just kind of averaging down yeah. and up in every every week. And then I did mine last week too, so you can yeah, I have 25 in mine. So Fidelity, um, I am averaging down quite a bit in PayPal. Um, I know a lot of people are hating that stock right now because it's been down so much lately. But and I know like a lot of people say like the eBay issues and blah, blah, blah. Like I still believe in PayPal for the long term. Um, so I have purchased a couple shares of PayPal. Um, and then really Fidelity, I am selling off. So I own some SoFi, Palantir, and a penny stock that I bought back in 2021 that I'm looking to kind of sell off and move that money into VTI. I also have a very large position in ATVI. I've been selling covered calls on. Once that gets assigned, though, that money, which is around eight grand, right. is going to be going all into VTI. I may even pull some out and put it into the M1 Finance portfolio. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, so, just, so just the dividends. That's my main focus right now, man. Like, Because like, like real estate's a big focus for me too, which I can't really be buying any properties right now with what I got going on. But I mean, dude, I'll tell you this, like, okay, for, for example, I just got, uh, paid two days ago, my rental property payout. So right now I'm making anywhere from 800 to a thousand bucks in net cash flow for my two properties. My two rinky dink properties are paying me 800 to a thousand dollars in cash flow. So for for uh, for example, I got I'm making like roughly 800 thousand bucks in rental properties for my two properties. That's it. My dividend portfolio now is way less capital than is invested in rental properties, but also for me to earn you know my one thousand dollars every single month from dividends, I mean. 
dude, the amount of money I'm have to invest in that portfolio is 10 times the amount I have invested in real estate right now because I can leverage my money. So it's, I go back and forth. I'm like, well, shit, do I need to be like, I tell Lindsay all the time, especially with us doing this travel thing. We're like, we're, 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 we are really thinking about buying a property. If we find a spot that we really like, we will most likely probably maybe buy a property if I can get in with a good property manager in that area. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, how much do I need to really allocate to these dividend stocks versus real estate? I mean, I'll be putting money into both of them, don't get me wrong, because I just want to be diversified. But I'm also thinking, I'm saying, okay, if I'm making a thousand bucks already on my two rental properties, why would I not buy like three more properties and make $2,500 a month to where if I would put all that money into my dividend portfolio, I may only be making $200 a month versus $2,500. And this goes back to, I want to like circle back to your question about why you, you asked me like why I would put in all this work. I feel the exact same way as real estate to dividend investing. Like to me, the way you perceive day trading to be so much more work than just putting it into a dividend portfolio, for me, having a real estate portfolio, to me, my perception is that it seems like way too much work compared to the dividend. I would rather make, and we kind of talked about this in episode 100, I would rather make... I, I dare to say exponentially more or exponentially less money having a dividend portfolio that is completely 100% passive than have to manage or worry about an investment property. So can I be straight up with you? Yeah. So in 2021, minus the sewer issue that I had in my first rental property, I mean, I literally probably spent three hours, maybe five hours tops that entire year managing the rental property because I pay a property manager. But how much stress and how long was the stress that that sewer issue gave you? Two weeks. I mean, you were on the phone yelling at people. Like that, that was just like a lot. I feel but that's like wor- but that's being your friend and, and living through that with you, like that was, a lo- that was a lot on you. You know what it was also though? What you mentioned with day trading, it was a learning experience. Right. So I know now how to handle that issue way better if it comes up again. I won't be as stressed. And that's kind of... And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that the perception that you have of me trying day trading, I have of you trying real estate investing over dividend investing. That's all. Yeah. 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 It's I just... Mean, it's completely... and But the beauty of it, Jay, is that we like, we like different shit. You yeah. know? But... Yeah. And it... I guess this goes to show like even the listeners that it, it doesn't matter how you make money <laughs> as, long, as long as you make money and as long as it makes you happy. I mean, yeah, because I, somebody may not, yeah, like, like exactly like you said, it may not be worth it for you to make, you know, your thousand bucks a month, Like I'm, but have I'm, the I'm stress. Turning, I'm turning 40 next month. I w- as I get older, Tara's like, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want? 40 is a big one, Brad. What do you want? I was like, I want the ability to close my computer and not have a cell phone for one whole month and not feel like my life as is being damaged by doing so. I want to feel the freedom that I had when I was 19 years old and there was no internet or there was not an internet enough that could 
that could, you know, influence me in any way. That's all I like. As I get older, I want less responsibilities. Yeah. I want less brokerages. I, and I mean, maybe if I was 30 years old, I'd be like, oh man, I got, cause you have 10 years to get to me, you know, in 10 years, you could really, really bank. You can build your real estate portfolio. Huge. But I'm like, if I want to put in 10 years of work and learn all the lessons you're learning now, I'm going to be in like my mid forties. I'm going to be like, I don't want to do anything. You know, yeah. I'm trying to decrease the amount of phone calls that I get. That's, that's really it. But then again, don't get it twisted. If you call me and you're like, Brad, the numbers work. Let's do the deal. I'm going to do the deal. But I yeah. need you as my trusted advisor, just like when I ace this day trading shit and I'm just making $100,000 a day day trading, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fly you out on the private jet and pick you up in the Lambo and then we are going to sit down and I'm going to show you how to do this and you're going to be like, oh my God, Brad. Just like when I showed you how to, the, the true beauty of the covered call. Yeah. And one day you're going to show me the true beauty of real estate and I'm going to kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> oh my god a little too much sir <laughs> i've been drinking and you know <laughs> you are a really close friend it caught me off guard with that one but <laughs> yeah, i know i just, i know i i could just see you like okay i was like i gotta throw in a curveball everywhere <laughs> I, I, do, I do that with my students every once in a while i'll be like we got cool on here and the electrostatic force penis is the k q1 q2 over r squared they're like what'd you say i'm like Huh? What? P who? I, I blacked out for a second. What happened? Do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. Or the, one of the things I love on TikTok, you know, it's like they'll like trick somebody into going like, ah, oh, or like, hey, boy, or something like that. Like every once in a while, I'll just drop one of those in class. Like if I feel like nobody's looking at me and they're all looking down at their phones, I'll just be like, oh, <laughs> I'm drinking. Oh, Brad, I love it. There's actually a really good question in the chat that I want to I want to answer. Please. Uh, so Jared asked, uh, what if you bought 100 shares of SPY, about 45K, and sold covered calls? That would equate to about 225K property. I think you could get a similar monthly profit. Thoughts? So what my... See there, that's uh, as I read that I'm like hey, I don't know how to answer that because I do I don't know what forty five thousand dollars in spy would get me in premiums every single month I do and it's not worth it I have analyzed this with my trusted advisors Well, tell me what it is so I can answer the question What, what would I get roughly in premiums per month with forty five k in spy the The premiums are just as good with a stock a quarter of the price mm, Okay, well here so here's my thought real first on the that. percentage on return so. Doing, we, we back tested SPY at 0.2 Delta, Delta calls. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone's like, oh, they have three expirations. You, you can't do back to back expirations because you're not going to do zero DTE. Right. So maybe you could do two. Okay. So if you can do two expirations a week at 0.2 Delta, I think it worked out to only about an 8% extra return on top of the growth. Mm. So an 8% return on your investment. Jared, we back tested because the spy wheel is like the holy grail. It's like if you are doing the wheel, and I, I used to Google, I used to YouTube, try and YouTube search like spy wheel. And I'm like, how does nobody have spy wheel videos? That would be so dope. And the reason that they don't is because for the 45 grand, 
you can break that 45 grand up into four or five other wheels mm, that are going yeah. to make you significantly more money, not to mention it's going to diversify your account and you're going to be like, for example, I, I mentioned it before. I made $10,000 doing the wheel and some poor man's covered call last year and my account never went over 25 grand. Mm. I've been now, I've been wheeling VTI as kind of a project since October. I'm up 300 bucks. So what is, so the VTI is what, 200 and change right now? Two, uh, 220, 224. 224? Okay, so that was $22,000 that I had to put to get $300 since October. Holy shnikes, dude. Yeah, that's not a lot of money. No, like, I mean, if you, now, so that buys you a rental property in Kansas City. Not to mention, it's down 6% in that time. So you're also losing, yeah. So here's, so I, here's my so thing. So I've on, lost capital gains, ahead. and it's okay with dividends, right? When we lose capital gains with dividends, it doesn't matter because it doesn't really affect how much you're going to get paid unless something drastic happens and they were to cut dividends or whatnot. But yeah, I'm down on my cap. My basis is 220. Luckily, I'm still able right now to write. I think my calls right now are at 230, which is like that 0.2 delta. But I looked at it, but day trading the spy on the other hand. But no, go ahead. Like, it's just not worth it to me. You you mentioned that 22 grand can get you a real estate property in Kansas City. I mean, and maybe a little bit more, but almost gets you a rental property in Kansas City right now. If you find some good off market deal, which, you know, there's a few far in between, but. Uh, no. So what I was going to say was, is with real estate and kind of like what you mentioned, I mean, there's so many other benefits than just the income that comes with real estate. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the history of real estate versus the stock market, real estate is a lot less volatile than the stock market. Now it's not nearly as liquid as the stock market. So that's a downfall as well. But you also basically can almost assume your property value will go up over time. Now you can't bank on appreciation, but most of the time, real estate values tend to go up over time, especially right. in an inflation-heavy area that we're in currently. Property values are going to continue to go up. Now, with that, so your bank, you know, so you got appreciation working for you. You also have debt payoff. So now that you've purchased this property with the forty-five thousand dollars, which I could probably get a property and a half with forty-five k. Or let's just say I put down $45,000 instead of $30,000, and now I have more equity to my name, which is in, in return going to increase my cash flow from $300 a month to $450 a month. But let's not get into that yet. So we got appreciation. Now we also have debt pay down. So we have tenants that are going to be paying off our mortgage for us. Since I've owned both of my rental properties, I have never had, well, I take that back. I've had to pay one mortgage because it took a month to get the tenants in the unit. But besides that, I've never had to pay my own mortgage payments on any of these properties. So those tenants are paying down my mortgage for me. When they pay down those mortgages, they're paying for my interest, and they're also paying for the capital or the principal to decrease that loan value for that property. Third, cash flow. So all the money that is left over from the cash flow after my mortgages are paid, my maintenance is paid for that month, that's additional money that I get to keep and add to my bank account and choose to do whatever I want with. On average, it's usually around four to $500 a month right now for these properties. With that being said, I'm always going to go with real estate because it's just been working so much better for me than trading, running covered calls and cash secured puts. And shout out to my, our boy, Brian Hunt. 
he he just he said, I love day trading. I've been very successful day trading calls and puts with the spy with the volatility. And like I I've had I've pretty much narrowed down my watch list to just spy. Spy AMC and AMD are pretty much the only things. And yes, I I'm doing pretty good. And he thank you for the super chat, man. Twenty bucks. And that's appreciate it. I, we really do. And I actually I guess I can give a confession, Brian Hun, like when I remember when he was first telling us about how well he did with AMC and all these things. And we would talk and say like, you know, do you think that that's possible long-term? Like, do you think you could do it? And that's kind of why I had to do it. Like I had to know, cause you know, I, I talk to people and I hear from people like Brian all the time that are doing very, very well with it over a somewhat long period of time. So I, I had to know, you know, and he's a great example of somebody that pushed me to like get outside my comfort zone, try it, but yeah, you, you'll get me on the real side. I know I'll fall in love with it because also too, I love seeing things come to fruition, which is why I always thought maybe I'd be a flipper because I like the design part and I like working with my hands and I like doing certain things like that. And there's, there's a piece of me that almost wants to move to a market, you know, where this is where getting real estate is, is a little bit better or at least a little bit easier for me because in New York it's impossible. And everyone's like, Oh, go upstate. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be flipping 1800s houses and barns for the rest of them. You know, it's, it's not worth it to me. Teacher. Yeah. Oh, hi. Uh, JJ. Yes. (laughs) No. So that's what Lindsay and I have been talking about, dude. So where we live is such a small town. It's very hard to have a rental property portfolio slash flipping portfolio because you only have 10 houses to work from. And I tell Lindsay all the time, I'm just like, Bay, I'm like, man, if we move back to Kansas city or if we move to Arizona or if we move to wherever it may be, I said, think about what we could do with the larger population and a lot more inventory to work with. And you guys got to think too, like, I'm not just going to be looking at MLS properties. Like what I do here locally is I'm driving for dollars. I'm reaching out to other investors. I'm reaching out to wholesalers. Like I'm trying to make connections in a very, very, very small town where no one is doing real estate investing. I can't imagine what I could do in a, in a town where there's actually opportunity. So Lindsay and I are going back and forth and we're kind of taking this travel assignment, which I don't know if we've really told the podcast yet, but I'm going to be, me and the wife are going to be doing a travel, a couple of travel assignments um, going around the United States. But as we're doing this, we're going to be also looking at potential business opportunities with real estate and to be able to invest in real estate in a more predominant market that is much easier for us to invest in than our podunt 500, you know, people living in this town area. Right. In BFE, you know, so we're, uh, yeah, you, you made a good point there, man. Like we would be open to moving somewhere if it's going to help our career slash business opportunities down the road. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we talked? Like you're like, Brad, if I lived in Kansas city, we'd be raking right now. Oh, I'm mean, easy, easy. We, yeah, because you like, we would just go around and pluck every property because we can't really get into a major rehab because we don't have that type of team developed on the ground yet. We're b- trying to build it out. And I'm also not there. Right, and you, right. And you, you want to be there to manage that yes. team that we have. Yeah, like there's one thing, like if you're flipping or if you're flipping in an area and you already have a team in set, you already have a property manager, you already have a fix it guy, you already have a gut guy, you already have a window guy, a roof guy, a dry, you already have those people. It's so much easier 
you know, to, to get all these things done. But when you're not there, there's many things that you can do. We're not saying it's like an excuse, but there's many things that you can do if you're there or at least make your life easy. Oh, yeah. man, I want to get a property. Come on, man. Now you got, you guys talking about properties. <laughs> it's funny how these conversations just kind of, they always go back to control. real estate. They always go back to real estate. It's the best investment, dude, in my opinion. I think it is. Why not? I think so it's I the fast. I can't wait for you to pay your taxes because you've been glum chum for the last two months. You know? I know. Well, then I also got, you know, on top of that, I'm also going to be looking for Lindsay and I property as well. So it's going to be one always, of those things. Always thinking about you. you know, always, always. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, I would see, and here's, I'm almost getting to the point especially properties with the interest rates going up, they start to come down, right? Hopefully. You know, everyone worries about, you know, or real estate investors complain that they're high, they're high prices, but homeowners love it because the value of, they can say their net worth is so much higher. And it's like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that I'm, I only think that I'm priced out of New York right now because I think everything is quote overvalued and I want to see a pullback. It's not that I can't afford it's just so hard to make the numbers work. You know, it's just, it's really, really hard to make the numbers work here. Yeah. Just, that's the one thing I hate. And the other thing that really sucks, and I saw this when I lived in Arizona, I saw this a lot too. There's no like two bed, one baths anymore. Like we've talked about my old house that I had before I moved into this one. I will, Casey. I am going to kick myself for a long time that I sold that house when I didn't need to. My brother Gerard, like he is a single guy. He's going to be a single guy's whole life. That's just his style. Like he's the cool uncle. That's just his style. The dude is renting for $1,800 a month in literally a closet. He's like, Brad, I would gladly pay that in a mortgage and everything, but I don't want a five bedroom house. And I, I, like I can't find a two bedroom house anywhere. You know? Yeah. No, that's tough. I mean, yeah. And like, if you live in an area like New York, then you kind of almost have to venture out and find a market that fits you in the Midwest or, you know, a more affordable area. If you're, especially if you're just getting started out, but then you got to think though, like, that's a big task to take on. Right. I mean, you almost need to fly into that area and spend a week driving around and talking to, you know, locals and making network or meeting up with people and networking. And I mean, there's a lot of back end work that goes into that beforehand before you would make that trip to try to set up meetings and lunches and coffees and stuff like that. But I mean, there's definitely ways to get it done, but there's a lot of work that goes into getting that set up. And yes. a lot of people, I don't think are willing to do that. So you may be better off buying the dividend stocks and trading options and then you don't have to worry about it at all. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just comes down to what are you really willing to put the work into? To, and to me, from what I've seen and from what I've kind of already experienced, like I love real estate. I love it. I love the game. I love the challenge. I love the experience. I love getting, a, you know, phone call fights with people. It's... It sucks at the time, but like when I think back on it, like my adrenaline's pumping and I'm like, oh, it was kind of fun. You know what I mean? So like I, I, I live for that and I see me continuing, continuing, continuing that um, as we go on. So 
it's just all about I don't know. It's all about work. What works for you, I guess. Uh, like Jared brought up in the chat, which I I think we might have mentioned before, but I think I know your thoughts on it. Uh, turnkey real estate providers. Not for me, because I think you can get that same thing just by searching on the MLS by doing a little bit extra work. Exactly. So, like with a turnkey provider, they're going to most likely find a property, they're going to fix it up. And then they're going to turn around and they're going to flip it to an investor that's out of state and also have property management and all that set in place. What you don't know is you don't know how that property manager is set up. You don't know how the turnkey, you know, prop or uh, um, business is, you know, nice shirt, by the way. You don't know how they're set up, if they're reliable. And if you do know that, then I mean, I guess, I guess that's like a step up. But for me, like, I feel like you can almost find a better deal just looking on the MLS that maybe, you know, needs flooring and right. some paint. And you would be amazed what some flooring and paint could do to a property and maybe some trim work. I mean, that could add $30,000 in some markets and it costs you maybe five grand. You know, I would I would spend f- you're gonna lose. I would money. spend five grand all day to earn an extra twenty five thousand. Yeah, I mean, you can get. I feel like you're gonna pay some. Mo- you're gonna pay some money out of pocket to have somebody else do the work for you. But the other thing is, I I've never really read about any with great reputations, and I feel like same a lot of them are doing like soft flips and crappy flips just to like, they're kind of putting lipstick on a pig and then making it your problem. Yeah. I just heard that a lot. And and when we were really big in the um, bigger pockets community and stuff, they've had people on their show that do this, but then you go back and you research it. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've looked at roof stock and I, I, I've watched videos. I've done a little bit of research. The fact of the matter is I just never found the numbers that really worked. So for me, as like, but that's I not mean, even really turnkey. I think Roofstock is, I don't, I, I, would, I don't think we consider them like really turnkey. They, they get rid of a lot of the work for you. But yeah. I know I've proposed it to you, like, hey, why don't we just try this out? And I know, I know that you were, you were pretty strongly against it. I just like seeing the property. I mean, like, I like because like you don't know, or unless you have like a good team set up in place, you know, whatever it may be. But I like seeing the things that I know are going to cost me a lot of money. I know that I want to see the foundation. I want to see how the house sets, you know, from the street. Is it leaning on one side? Is there soft spots all throughout the floor? Which again, soft spots can be fixed pretty easy. You just got to replace subfloor. But I want to check for wood rotting throughout the house. I want to check for termite damage. I want to check to see what the plumbing looks like. I want to see to check if the property is on a fuse box or if it's, you know, in a, in a box, I want to see what the, you know, if it's a, a knob in uh, what do they call it? I forget the top of my head, but um, like, I want to see what type of wiring is throughout the house because those are the big expenses. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's leaks up in the ceiling and like what I'm looking at and what I'm going to deal with. It's just something about that is like being able to walk through and see that property or have someone do that for you that, you know, you can trust and be on like FaceTime with them as they're walking through that there's just something about that is like you get to know that property a lot more and I can instantly tell us on some properties I'm like, nope, that's for the price I would have to pay for that property. It's not worth it for the amount of money I know I'm about to put into this deal. I feel like if I was 25 or 30 years old in like a similar financial situation that I am right now, I would definitely, 
I would probably try Rootstock. I'm not going to lie. I would probably, I would probably take a shot. Young in my life, pretty good understanding of money. I think I could find a somewhat smaller risk property on there just to give a go at. But like I mentioned before, at 40 years old, I'm just not willing. I If I'm going to jump into it and take risk, I want to hold someone's hand. That's where you come mm-hmm. in. You know, like I, I don't want to, and I'm not doing this alone. My wife is involved in every single penny that I spend, but she also knows like the money thing is kind of my deal. But I, I just, it's hard for me to, think that I could tackle it myself. I know that I social I can't make phone calls. I know I have social anxiety. Like there's too many moving parts in real estate that I need you. I need you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh yeah, you know, it's it takes some work. Um a lot of upfront work as well. Um but yeah it's one of those things that just yeah. I got to find a deal, dude. Got to find a deal. You're not going to sleep tonight. We talked about real estate so much. I know, right? <laughs> so what's personal life look like? What uh, Besides like the whole day trading and stuff like that, I mean, what do you got going on on the uh, the not, the non-investing side of things? I'm happy. Uh, we signed Avery oh, good. <laughs> for uh, Universal Pre-K. That's kind of a big deal. Okay. Um, Valentine's Day was pretty dope. School's pretty good. I got a week off next week, so that's awesome. That's we, nice. We're gonna have to figure out when we're gonna record because I might travel. I did ask you if you wanted me to come next week. Do you want me to come? You uh, said you, you okay, said you so you said you weren't sure because you weren't sure where you're gonna live. Yeah, and that's not happening. So that may be able to. Or no, we won't. We'll be in. Uh, we'll be in my mom and dad's in Springfield. Okay. Yep, that's where we're going next week. So I'm off all next week, and then. Uh, yeah. That's it, man. I'm, I mean, I I hate the winter, but I feel spring. So it's like right now I'm just in my, I'm in the late stages of my winter funk. Late winter sucks. Yeah. Like after Christmas, I'm done with winter. I think I'm done with winter when I know that we're not going to get like sustained snow. Yeah. Like we had a huge snowstorm two weeks ago. And like I'm, I'm shoveling this. The pile's like eight feet tall. I'm like, man, this is the type of snow that's going to be here till March. It's already gone. Yeah. You want to wrap think, this episode up, and then we can get to the chat. The chat is yeah. very lively tonight. I had to boot somebody for life. I don't know if you caught that, but what happened? I'll tell you after. Okay. But um, yeah. Do you have anything? How's things on your end? Anything you want to add? I know you just went uh, away. You went. You went snowmobiling. You had a good time. Yeah, that was that was a blast. Uh, we officially have Millie in her big girl bed. She's no longer in the crib. Okay. So we did that tonight. Do you do the same thing you did with Mace, like a full size with a little pad, or do you have like I have like where the cr- front of the crib comes off and there's like the little like toddler bar? That's what we. So with Mason, he got the full size bed. With Millie, we gave her Mason's old crib. Right. That's kind of like we did that transition when she was born. Right. Um. So we we did the the crib front part, took it off, and put mm-hmm. the little toddler gate on there so she can still get up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would block her from like you know rolling off or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what Bro has. But we are going to get them. We were going to get them bunk beds. 
uh, like miniature terrible bunk beds. Idea. How did you let us do bunk beds? That was a terrible idea. <laughs> There's blood uh, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, with us traveling and stuff, we're like, we're not going to spend the money on that right now since we may be, we may be leaving within. I mean, here's a crazy thing, dude. Like, we don't have an, a set assignment yet, but. Lindsay could get a call tomorrow if she got the job and they may want us there within four or five days. So that's the crazy part that we're trying to like be ready for. And <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Lindsay's been trying to like, you know, sell the, the entire house and get rid of things and try to help make it a little easier on us from when we do have to leave. But uh, it's one of those things where kind of take it as you will. And whenever the time comes, I guess we'll be ready to go. And I'm driving wherever we're going. So kids will be flying with Lindsay and uh, I'll be making that that road trip. Whenever it happens. Stay stay tuned, everybody. It's going to it's going to happen eventually. Then you're going to be making all that money. You're going to be the one with the PJ. Man, if you have dual income. Oh, I can't wait. And some of these travel nurses, what they're making is insane. Yikes. All right, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. We continue this conversation over in the Discord. If you'd like to support the Discord, please hop over there. You might have already heard an ad, depending on which ad I put in when I'm editing this podcast. But it might have been JJ's voice telling you to join the Discord, but. Join that Discord. Get in there. We love the conversation. Not only am I staring at my computer day trading all day, but my Discord is also open all day. So at me at the Discord, and I'll make sure that I get back to you. JJ will get back to you in like two hours because he doesn't stare at his computer screen all day long. It's true. He's living living that good YouTuber life over there. (laughs) All right, guys. Everyone, take it easy. We'll catch you next week.